point out that really impressive fade in the fade yes, out of music. very good. I okay. recommend you. You did a great job. <laughs> Alright. First of all, you know who you have to shout out to? Who? Rachel and Rachel. Ross. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Notice Rachel and Ross mm-hmm. that we have upgraded our equipment. Yes. Our sound quality should be much should better. Should be much better. Okay. Yes. Okay. Welcome to another episode of Banter with Jabisa and Tracy or Banter with, with Tracy and Jabisa. Hey, it didn't take us like 20 seconds no, to get that this time. No, it didn't. but I couldn't think of the first one of Roz and Rachel. But... <laughs> Always got to shout out to them. Yeah. Maybe they'll be guests on our show. Yes, let's one day have said, Roz can just sit here and do this because she has all these great ideas and stuff to talk about. She is my, my fact finder. You know how people, the news people get all, have to read and do all the stories. Uh, but mm-hmm. the people back there getting all the facts, Roz is my fact person. I'm the talent. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me she's, say that let me, she's the brains. Well, let me say the same thing for Rachel. She sends me topic suggestions. Yes, yes. She said you didn't talk about my topic suggestion. <laughs> she's already let it be known if we go big that she's going to be the producer. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. and Roz will have to be get get our material. Okay, then so yeah, really good at that. Big big plans for us. Yay! Yeah, yeah. Well, we're excited to be back. I know we were on hiatus for just for, a little bit. For a bit, yeah, a little bit. Yes. But you know, life goes lots, on. Lots of life living. Oh, but I don't. Yeah. I have to do a shout out to Tracy. Mm-hmm. You guys may not know that, but Tracy went to school. I went to a class. She took a class. She took well, a- keeping it on the DL until I finished. <laughs> and so so she, I made it through. She and wrote I got a my paper. grade back yet. What did I you get? My grade back yet. I don't know. He hadn't they have oh, postage yet. She got an ad. No matter what, I am so proud of the fact that I completed it from beginning to end because I was petrified. <laughs> Old people going to yes, school. Old people, old people in academia. Ooh, that's a scary thought. <laughs> you mess up the curtain. Look, young people. She get on my nerves. She get on my nerves. I'm always trying to talk and say something. <laughs> and then she don't have. I'm only one in class with a laptop. <laughs> <laughs> you just show a paper pencil. <laughs> paper pencil. Yes. And my book. Because <laughs> I asked one lady beside me. I said, "Do you have to bring the laptop?" <laughs> but she said, "No, ma'am." <laughs> That was so funny. But anyway, I live to tell about it. So yay! Yes, and I'm still worn out. If I don't know if you can tell, my voice is dragging, but my face is really dragging. I'm talking with my eyes closed. <laughs> but anyway, are you gonna take a class next semester? Um, you know what? Now I'm still on the fence. I am still really worn out. I'm emotionally drained. <laughs> this is had a kid. A lot out of me. It really did. <laughs> have it a really second thought. Yeah, it really did. I said when I go home, man, I was like, I don't have a book or anything to study and like feeling kind of weird like you like you know like you had a baby and you, I left the baby where's the baby <laughs> I left the baby at the grocery store but anyway so well kudos to you thank you very kudos much kudos to you I'm, I'm really impressed and Teresa was helpful too oh yes so, I used all my library skills yes she did oh and I was kind of, who knew that having a friend that's a librarian would come in handy <laughs> she was really I couldn't have a, a doctor or an attorney friend would not have done me as much good as having a librarian friend. Well, you remember I first went back to when I was going to library school and he said, what good is that going to do me? <laughs> now I know. How useful sure is that going to be for me? going to be for me. <laughs> yep. And now I know. All right. Anyway. We're moving on. Moving yep, on. So We're going to start off with celebrity relationships. Yes. Yes. We're going to go fluff first. <laughs> 
So um, I, I'm surely not the only one that's surprised that Cardi B and Offset are no longer together. No. Yeah, I know. It's shocker to all. Yes, I know it's shocker, shocker to all. Yes, but because that was built on such a good foundation. <laughs> <laughs> so I was asking Tracy, what's his real name? She says, what did you say? I don't know what his government name what is. is? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. And why do you need a child culture with a K? Trying to be different. I, 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 just, I don't know. I don't know why they do what they do. There's so many names that you could have picked for your child. Picked, culture with a K. Yes, and the baby is stuck with it until it's old enough <laughs> to, to change it. Change it yes. to legally change it. So yeah, no surprise there. Although not that I have been keeping up with the Michelle and Chad mm-hmm. um, relationship, but I know they had a whole show. They had a show that's still airing, brand new episodes on the Oprah Winfrey Network, and they have broken up. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It's crazy. I was telling Jamisa, I say, well, if there's no hope for them because they were seeing all kind of cases, <laughs> church counselors, real counselors. I said, they was getting help from everywhere. They're talking to family and friends. I said, if they can't make it with all that help, what, what, the rest of us are doomed. Really? So that's kind of sad. That though. is, that is really sad. I, I'm hoping it's just something for now and that they'll get back together. Well, because yeah, they won't have no season two. They, they sure <laughs> won't. So, yeah. Maybe they'll think about it financially. <laughs> that's, that's, let's think about this thing. All the other people, the counselor, all the people who oh, get paid to my yes. uncle, y'all need to be Everybody considered. Out of work. Yes. <laughs> they don't put a lot of people out of work. So y'all just can't be selfish. That <laughs> <laughs> was just about you. You can find the love again. You can fall mm-hmm. out of love. Yes. I think the OTI and Tiny. I think they're they're separated again. again? Yeah, well, you know they come and go. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, sometimes I think it's publicity stuff, and it could be. It yeah. could be. See, y'all ain't talking about us. Ain't no tweets coming out about us. Tiny, <laughs> yeah, we got to go. You do go I ahead. Need, I know. Do Do you need to hit me? <laughs> <laughs> That'll give us more splash. <laughs> All about any news coverage is better, than, better no than no coverage. news coverage. So, yes, yes. I said bad news coverage is better than no because at least somebody talking and thinking about you. All righty, so that was that was that our was fluff. <laughs> that was our fluff today. So we're okay. moving on. Yes, I am reading the book. It is titled. I'm going to give you the complete, complete title. title. It's White Fragility: Why It's So Hard for White People to Talk About Race. And uh, Robin D'Angelo is the author. And um oh oh Michael Dyson does the uh, forward oh, which I did oh, read that, yeah that I did read and he of course Michael Dyson always has words that I have to look up because I was like you know what I don't know what that means that's a big word mm-hmm. um, so I did have to look it up but the book is actually written her her um audience that she's writing for the book is white people but you know I so I read it anyway I'm reading yeah. it I haven't well that would made me more read it so <laughs> I didn't anticipate a white person writing a book. About, about white, pe- white people, people and racism, since it's nothing that really affects them. So why she's she trying, trying to bring their attention to it was is interesting. Actually, that is. And, and mm-hmm. Michael Dyson says she's saying basically what black folks have said for years. Mm-hmm. But we can say it just doesn't seem to have the same mm-hmm. impact. We get the credit. I'm not really quite sure. But um, one of the things that I learned in reading this book, and I had heard this before, and it's just kind of reinforced it. We have a tendency as Americans to throw the word racist out for people. Mm-hmm. But it, in fact, means a racist is actually an institution or a law or an organization. Um, racism really involves having power. So 
people, individual people, individual persons mm-hmm. are an individual individual person mm-hmm. is biased or prejudiced. Bigoted, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But a group or institution is racist when they take those prejudices mm-hmm. or biases and they enact some kind of law or um cultural expectation tied to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And so therefore an institution is racist mm-hmm. as opposed to individuals. But one of the things that they talk about, and I, I know we've talked about this too, um, black folks, we talk in terms of groups. Mm-hmm. We view ourselves as a group, uh, whereas white people view themselves as individuals. Mm-hmm. And so that's a really neat um, comparison that they talk about in the book. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I thought was really fascinating, though, is when you when you start looking at numbers. And so what this author did is 2016, she broke down um, in terms of percentages the, the 10 richest Americans in the United States, of course, because they're American, mm-hmm. uh, 100% of them are white. They're not, they're, 100%. So not, one, not even Oprah. Not even, Oprah's not even in that list, oh, wow. nor, nor Tyler Perry. Wow. <laughs> the U.S. Congress is 90% white. Mm-hmm. The U.S. governors are 90% white. Um, top military advisors are 100% white. And she noted the majority of the people in the military, though, are? Of people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have a whole bunch of white men mm-hmm. who are dictating the livelihoods and the uh, lives, lives of, of people who don't look like them. Mm-hmm. Um, your president and vice president, of course. Yeah, of course. 100% white. U.S. Freedom Caucus is 99% white. Um, the cabinet, um, 44, 45, what number is he? 45. 45's mm-hmm. cabinet is 91% white. We have figured out who the... Who the 9% is. <laughs> Other than being Carson. Can't think of anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and one little Asian lady said. Yes, yes, McConnell's, McConnell's wife. Um, people who decide which TV shows we see, 93% white. Mm-hmm. People who decide which books we read, 90% white. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to really admire people who do the self-publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, people who decide which news we, which is, is covered, 85% white. People who decide which music is produced, 95% white. Mm-hmm. Um People who directed the 100 top grossing films of all time worldwide, 95% white. And 82% of the teachers in the United States who teach our children are white, mm-hmm. which means that there is less than 15%, a little more than 15% of not just black teachers, but, but others. others. <laughs> although the, the, although the, the population that's growing the, mer- the most as far as public education are Hispanics or Latinos. Yeah. Um, full-time college professors are 84% white mm-hmm. and owners of men's professional football teams, 97% white. Mm-hmm. Now you think about that, all the black folks on the football, on the football team. Field, yes. And, and one, one or two. Yes. I'm not even thinking too. I know there's a female. A female. So I mean, think she's white. So, so that means there must be three other people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who are they? We have to figure that out. We have to figure that out. Yeah. Is there a black owner? Because that is kept. That's kept quiet. He don't tell nobody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he just he quietly on his no, team. I'm just, yeah, I'm not gonna say no, a word. I'm just moving on with my life. Yeah. yeah. So that was that's fascinating. Though when you start looking at that percentage wise, yeah. um, so needless to say, I, I am partial. I'm not even halfway through the book. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's really interesting. But if you look up Robin D'Angelo, she's got some um, videos on YouTube too. So uh, I'm interested to see how it ends. But in reading it, 
often some of the things she said has been conversations that we've had with white folks. Although once again, they don't like to talk about no, race. They don't. They really don't. It's very, it's a very they uncomfortable like to talk about. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah, very no. uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We we I don't get uncomfortable. It's like me, I don't get uncomfortable either. Matter of fact, I like it. I just kind of egg it on to see and you know see how much it can take. <laughs> Most of them just kind of like kind of move on from me or walk away. But you know, <laughs> I let them know that it's there. I say yes. I see y'all smiling at me and talking and chit chatting and. What nice said, but if the um rub when the rubber hits the road, y'all are white and I'm black. And and everybody mm-hmm. has to pick a side. Mm-hmm. Pick a side. Which we shouldn't have to feel we that way. We shouldn't have to feel that yeah. way. But it is what it is. Oh. And the people that I love the you know, the white people that I love the most, I said, I will totally get it when y'all turn y'all back on me. <laughs> won't be surprised. <laughs> won't be surprised. <laughs> I expected that. You standing next to me, I just didn't see that happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the article. Oh yes, for um well, what Ross? Thank you. This is Roslyn. Brought this to my attention. Um, Jamel Hill. She used to be formerly on that show. Jamel and Mike. Yeah, his and hers. His and hers on ESPN. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now she's writing for the Atlantic, and she had a very good article that she wrote about, um, you know how black people, even though we are the victims of racism, we have to be the bigger people. And, and the example that she gave in her article was. Barack and Michelle Obama at the funeral of George H.W. Bush um, just you know this week where the 45 and his wife were sitting on the end and the Obamas were next to them and they both greeted them you know it was cordial but they both greeted them shook hands or what have you and they were and Jamel was like why should they have to do that because if they hadn't then it would have been like you know the loop on the news, how they were acting, you know, they weren't being dignified or, you know, they were making the different division the, the in the country worse than it is by acting like they did. While at the same time, Hillary Clinton didn't acknowledge him at all. She, <laughs> she may have given a head nod. It's hard to tell. She didn't. But she didn't. And, you know, and she's justified in that. You know, Janelle, Janelle says that she's justified in that because what's his face? I think just last week, the week before, said, lock her up. He still won't <laughs> I can see why she don't want to, you know, be play nice with him. But the Obamas, you know, he did he did just as many hurtful things. Yes. He said hurtful things to President Obama, you know, about his um, being born, you know, in the country, being a Muslim, uh, and about his academic records. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of thing. But they were, we have to, in essence, what she was trying to say, I'm rambling, you guys, I am so sorry. But what I'm trying to say is that she is upset that, you know, even though we are the victims of the racism, we have to make it right. We have to absolve the people that are acting this way towards us for their wrongdoing. Probably they praise the they praise 45 for sitting through the funeral and not acting a fool like he was a three year old, like he took little Johnny to church and he didn't you have to take him out of the church. Exactly. (laughs) Sunday when it's something that should be expected. It was it is expected of a President Obama and if he even deviated a little bit, if he ever got a little attitude in his voice, and he ne- which he never did, but had he, oh my gosh, he would have jumped on that like what? Why don't rice? Mm-hmm. But you think about the um the the um Charleston Nine. Yes. Um, Dylan Roof hadn't even been was he was he formally charged? charged? No. I don't think it, and they, they had people forgiving him. Say we forgive him, we praying for him. We're praying for him, and um 
It's like, but he's the one that walked in your church. Your church and caused all this heartache and hurt and harm. But we're gonna forgive him. Mm -hmm. Um, not not, making him like he the victim. Like he's exactly not not everybody in Charleston Mm -hmm. forgave. No. But you know, the fact that one or two did was just Yeah, it was. I mean, what you know, being the bigger person, going high when they go low. I said, sometimes we just got sometimes, to go low. Sometimes it would just feel good to be down there low too. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so that was that. And quickly, we were talking about Kevin Hart. You know, he was going to do the Oscars. Oscars, which was a real, that you know, that's a really, really big, big, big honor. Deal. Yeah. And a big deal. And um, Kevin Hart, like yesterday, I heard that he was going to do it. And this morning, they said that he wasn't. He had to step down. But the reason was because internet trolls apparently had gone through looking at old tweets of his. So you have to be careful what you're putting out there. But it wasn't just a tweet because it was actually part of his, of his um, stand-up. Yeah, right. it was part of his stand-up years ago. Right, and um, he said that the Oscars people, their people called and said, you know, well, you know, Kevin, we just need you to apologize and we can move on with this. And Kevin said, I think his words were, you know, I passed on the apology because I already addressed it. Yeah. And he just stepped down, so... And you can't blame him. No, I can't. No, you I can't, can't blame, blame him. I just hate that it, you know, because this was a big opportunity for him. And he would have, I think it would have been fabulous. He would have been. And, and apparently he had been, you know, saying, letting it be known no, that, that he, he wanted, wanted to do it. Wanted yes. to host, host yes. the Oscars. But then the question comes into play mm-hmm. in 2018, particularly mm-hmm. with the Internet mm-hmm. and, um, and, and people posting things. You know, can you grow? Can you change? Can you right. be different than what you were? 10 or 15 years ago. Now, I have to say, mm-hmm. I remember that stand-up little bit. Mm-hmm. It was funny. It was. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was. But there's it was a lot of things that they talk about. They talk about overweight people and yeah. things that are, you know, things that are ordinarily uncomfortable or even bad topics. But it's that's what comedy Comedy, is. but comedy. I think the funniest comedy is always comedy that's in truth. That's in truth, yes. You know, and so what he said was true. It's, it's um, also C.K. Lewis when he did his bit about being white mm-hmm. and how good it was to be white. Mm-hmm. We all laughed. laughed at that because it was but true. But it was true. <laughs> you know? So you know, I always say the best comedy is the comedy it that's is. true. Yep. Mm-hmm. So kudos to, to Kevin Hart. Um, we hate that. I'm it was it was the Oscars. It was the Oscars yeah, loss. Yeah, it was. Loss. The yeah. It was, it was but he did put it. There. He didn't close. He didn't burn the bridges. He didn't close the doors. He said, "Hopefully, we'll meet again." Oh, uh, there we go. So I like that. Hopefully, he will. All right. Well, y'all, we are going to end with our uh, thought for the night. This one is express an enthusiastic, positive, and joyful attitude. Now. You know, what we just talked about wasn't all that, but <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Express an enthusiastic, positive, and joyful attitude. Until next time, y'all.